Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, I'm having all sorts of issues here. This is like. The, uh, the podcast that was never meant to happen. <laughs> but it's happening. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I can actually hear you now. I couldn't, I didn't know what the fuck was going on there for a second. I couldn't hear you. Excuse my bad language. I'm, I've uh, sworn to myself that I won't use any bad language. Like I heard you using on uh, your recent podcast about vulnerability with Jen Martin. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You- Sorry about the bad language. Yeah, you used you 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 were effing a bit there. No, I actually I don't know why I actually felt a little bit like I was I was trying to. I was really trying to talk, as honestly and, in the moment and from the and I couldn't. I, there was moments where I just couldn't find a better word to use than the bad language that I used, and I was like, uh, okay, I could just try and be polite here, uh, but I'm just gonna say fuck it. Uh, I don't know why. It just seemed more real for some reason. But that's even my explanation, which sounds like a lot of wank. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was trying use to that do... word. You use that word quite a lot, actually. When yeah, I'm talking what... about um, the wank word, when you're talking about something being um, sort of like uh, you know gobbledygookish, not really scientific, it's a load of wank. You tend to say that. I'm not. Yeah. This is not a critique. I was no, just no, I've been I, all day. Yeah, I, when I'm saying something like. Um, because I suppose I find myself talking about things like vulnerability and how to be vulnerable and what invulnerable is and all that kind of stuff and how, and, and a lot of, I find myself, I find I'm still uncomfortable talking about it. So I'll, I'll often make excuses and say, look, this probably sounds like a lot of wank or sounds a bit wanky, but, um, but I'll, but it, it gives me the license to keep talking about it anyway. Um, so I, I tend to say wanky a lot. Yeah. Uh, Cause we're always trying to make excuses for ourselves, aren't we? We're always worried about how other people perceive what we're talking about and think that the are just wankers. <laughs> because let's face it, there's probably a lot of people out there that think I'm a wanker. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's quite a lot of people that think I'm a wanker as well. And, and, and it, because you talk about vulnerability, this woman, Jen Martin, was talking about, you know, your ability to share and you really need to be able to talk about things and whatever. I'm thinking I must be the most vulnerable fuck on the planet because I also listened to the the last two podcasts we did about shit. <laughs> there was they were they were kind of deep in feces and all manner of stuff. <laughs> and uh, I share things that I I, I don't think I I tell anyone. In fact, I was talking to my brother in London. I texted him and said, "Listen, sorry, I haven't called you in a while." He said, "It's okay. I don't I don't need to talk to you because I I hear all everything about you on the podcast." Nick. Yeah. That's good. The lovely Nick. Yeah. Um, it's good to hear from Nick. We should. I should. I feel like this says. I should. I should say, it is the Keith Walsh podcast. You're very welcome. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. No, don't be sorry at all. I just. Uh, I haven't. I haven't settled on a format, but I think this will be just. This will do. This will do for now. Um, but can I first of all apologize for completely missing our date yesterday and uh, being being a wanker basically uh, yesterday. Yeah. Talk about vulnerable. I sat here for 25 minutes in front of an empty computer texting you. 
And then, oh, sorry, I fell asleep. And then I said, okay, we'll do it now. And then you went, oh, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be vulnerable now. <clears throat> um, I did, we did the market yesterday. And I, I can tell you about that later. But I came home and my, my beautiful wife was out in the garden doing a bit. So I joined in, cut the grass. And once the grass was cut, went back inside, lay down the sofa, put on the, the hurling and then promptly fell asleep. Um, and when I woke up, I was like, oh, fuck, shit, Jesus, where am I? What time is it? And then I like literally I said, to Suzanne, oh, sh- I have to record a podcast. And she was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'm late. I'm, I fell asleep. She was like, OK. And I just knew by her. I was like, I was like, oh, we can do I, I can do it another time. It's cool. Because I kind of been gone all day and then I fell asleep and then I was just going to go do something else and the sun was out and it was nice in the garden and I think she just wanted to hang out um so I'm sorry Mike yeah I, I'm I'm really really sorry for uh, the lovely Suzanne that you 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 were vulnerable and uh, you spend more time with her I don't I don't give a flying fuck this is what it was like managing you all those years ago Sunday afternoon three o'clock I, I'm still drunk <laughs> well don't come anywhere near here don't come anywhere near here again you shit yeah, that's, that's vulnerable for you oh god i bet i never came in still drunk at three o'clock uh no probably i'd probably have you on an early because you were one of the reliable people yeah you always gave me the late and then the early and the late and the early yeah well so, so i would i would always have a kind of a feel like i had a day off in between my two my two days there you go I'm a nice guy. You're a nice guy. You're always a nice guy. Uh, I'm sorry, though. And, and uh, I feel like I, um, you know, I just, I overstepped the mark there, Mike, in that one. No, you didn't. No, it gave me something to aim for yesterday. Five o'clock was, you know, sort of like, oh, right, I've got to do this. And everybody was like, okay, well, we'll do this at five o'clock and we'll do that. Sorry, Suzanne. You know, the world doesn't revolve around you. But we'll do this and we'll do that. And we'll do the other. And then she took you away from me and I felt vulnerable and I felt very <laughs> And then you said, we'll do it tomorrow at five o'clock. And I thought, right, that's never going to happen. But it did. And actually, I, so apologies for that. Oh, that's okay. I thought you were doing it on purpose. I thought you were like, oh, I forgot. No, I, I, I had a, um, uh, a deodorant-related uh, disaster in the shower. Not in the shower, but just after having a shower. Yeah? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't use spray deodorants yeah. for various reasons, because I like the planet. And all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm a roll-on kind of guy myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I use this one, and you kind of um at the bottom there's a screwy thing and it pushes up. Yeah. A thing and it comes, they all come up through little holes and you rub it on and yeah. Sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, do, do you not really it's piss a stick? Me off? It's a deodorant stick, basically. Yeah. yeah. It really, really, really pisses me off. Is there's some there's some left in there. Yeah. So I tend to take the thing apart and then shove like a razor, the base of a razor or the base of a, like a toothbrush and shove it up to try and get the last little bits out, mm. you know? Yeah. And then, but the problem is you have to hold it because if you take the thing, if you, if you release the pressure, it sucks back in. Oh, the bastards. Yeah. So I, I fucking nearly took my finger off doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sore. My thumb is really sore from pushing a hairbrush, which is the only implement I could get a really big hairbrush up. And then trying to, with one hand, keep the pressure on and then lift the other underarm up and sort of like, you know, rub on. And just fucking nothing came out. I was very, very, very disappointed. Yeah, because there's like definitely like at least 10% of the stick still left there that you could, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's disgraceful. I'm, and I'm trying to save the planet and these people are wasting stuff. Absolutely. It's an absolute waste. It's like when you're trying to get to the bottom of your your cologne and the, you know the way this the the plastic straw sort of usually sticks into a corner and then you have to tilt yeah. the bottle over to that corner while trying to spray it on you at the same time these man- manufacturers yeah, there's, there's always a bit there's always a bit of um uh, ketchup as well yeah yeah fucking waste we're terribly wasteful and we've designed all these things to be easy pour and easy squeeze and easy this and easy that but the waste we have on the making our lives easy. Maybe that's a lesson for us children. Make our life difficult. Yeah, Spoon stop. your deodorant on. <laughs> just stop wearing deodorant. Eventually, just stop washing. I heard that after a time, you just, you know, you just 
self-regulate. No, that's a load of bollocks. Is it? Yeah, you smell a dried piss after a while. Well, why would you smell a dried piss unless you're pissing on yourself? Well, there's always a little bit, isn't there? You know, <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> a little bit of piss. I suppose over time, all those little bits of piss add up until you sound like a piss. Of course man. they do. Yeah, yeah. And you've yeah. got like a you've got white tide marks down the inside of your leg from where it's congealed. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you've got like chafing because the dirt is gathered in in in, yeah. the, in the skin. In the oh yeah, and then you've got like what did you have a? This is a thing actually. We should talk about. It's talking about being vulnerable. When I worked in uh, in the hotel and mm. it was the hot summer. Mm. I used to get a thing. Oh. In, in in my underpants. Oh. Some people call it ire or something. Yeah. Have you heard this? Have you heard it? There was a very famous person in Limerick, I think. Uh, oh, Jesus. Very famous. I can't remember his name. John the Man. He used to uh, run uh, an illegal radio station, Radio Limney. And uh, he'd be talking about having ire in his privates. Oh, God. Yeah. God, I shouldn't have brought it up. No, it's chafing and you sort of, it, it dries up and then you put talc on it, which makes it even drier. And then people say you put, um, not Swarfiga, what's the other stuff? Pseudocreme. Pseudocreme, yeah. Yeah. And then it can go all a bit, a bit fungally. God, yeah. I don't think I ever got to that stage. I'd just be at like towards the end of the shift of like sweaty, sweaty bag carrying seven, eight hours, whatever. And then towards the end, you'd just be like, ah, oh, Jesus. And then you just jump in the shower bit of moisturizer you'd be grand but uh it's fucking hard work that you know it's like it's yeah. like it's like working down the mines some days actually we had a, a luggage porter who was smelly oh yeah and i remember the uh, the hr person at the time wouldn't tell him oh so everybody's coming to me saying that fella there fucking stinks and uh he was a friend of a friend of a friend of a relative from deepest, darkest Kerry. And uh, I don't know, I can't even remember his name, but he came over and he had a tide mark of mank around his neck. And uh, I had interviewed him on the phone and then uh, he'd sort of turned up on the Sunday and I said, listen, collect your uniform now, come in on Monday and we'll, we'll uh, do an introduction. And, um, oh, fuck, the, I, I said... And I looked at the, I looked at his neck and I thought, no, that must be a tan line or something. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, when you come in tomorrow, you know, make sure you're nice and fresh and whatever. Have a, you know, have a shower, obviously. Have a good, have a good shower. Good neck yeah. wash. Yeah. 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 And uh, he came in the next day and he had a brand new uniform on a white, white-ish shirt, um, completely inappropriate shoes and stuff like that. And he stank. He, fu- he fucking stank. Oh, no. And um, I, I couldn't, I, I just didn't know what to say. I was really busy. I didn't know what to say. Two or three hours went. I said, listen, go downstairs, have a bit of lunch with the lads. And people just left him, swarm around him. And no one would tackle it. And I thought, I've already told him yesterday to have a shower. You know, I asked him to have a shower, tell him to do it. You know, just kind of like nudged him in that direction. So I said, listen, after lunch, I said, come on, we'll go out for a bit of a walk and I'll show you out out the, the front and what we have to sweep and whatever and you know keeping clean I said listen um you know obviously uh you're probably a bit nervous and stuff and a bit sweaty and things no no I'm not nervous at all <laughs> you're probably a bit nervous maybe you're a bit smelly you know it's it's normal to feel yeah. a bit smelly on your first day smell yeah she said I had a bad last Wednesday though before I left uh Tralia. And it t- was grand, like, you know, and I got the bus over and uh, I puked all the way over with the, uh, with the seasickness. And so I didn't change then. And I had the new urine from, it was grand, sure, I'm nice and fresh now and clean. I said, well, you, you probably need to shower at least once a day. You know, it's it's 28 degrees and you're going to be lugging luggage around the place, whatever. Once a fucking day, you must be joking me, haven't you? You must be fucking joking. I said, I'm not fucking joking you. I said, if you don't go home now, Get clean and come in the tomorrow morning smelling fresh. You can fuck off. <laughs> oh, well done. But it was terrible. I mean, yeah. he, he, I mean, basic hygiene. And I felt really, really guilty. And then once you get over feeling guilty and having that sort of a conversation with someone, all of a sudden, 
I was being marched down to housekeeping in the morning because one of the girls might have had a bit of a shower and it got really hot. And it's like, well, you know, listen, uh, here, Mrs. <laughs> Suddenly you're the guy, you're the smelly chat guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, um, there's, there's showers in there in the changing rooms. If you want to use them, girls, anybody wants to use them, you know, if you haven't got hot water at home, you can do that. Oh, no, no, I'm fine. No, 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 you're not. <laughs> terrible. And it was so blunt and horrible. I hated myself for it. But then, but that, but that's the that's the only way to deal with it because it's pain less. It's definitely less pain for everybody if you do it that way. Yeah. If you're a bit more direct, I am. Um, I had an occasion to. I was the boss of a of a, well, I was the day manager in a bar in in Dublin city centre, and uh, I had a work a guy working with me, and he was a young French guy, and he was great, great young lad, and but he just smelled so. I just went and bought deodorant for him and said, look, here, you need to use that more often. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And he was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. And he was like, he kind of went red. and, yeah. But he got it straight away, you know. And uh, when he was leaving, he was heading back to France and it was the end of the summer or whatever. And he was heading off and he came in to me and said, thank you so much. And he said, I really appreciate you telling me about <laughs> buying me that deodorant that day. <laughs> He was really, he was just saying he was delighted that I had that conversation with him because he was, he was yeah. embarrassed. Until that moment, I was a 47-year-old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I had no sex. The second I used my dove antiperspirant, <laughs> I, I rode everyone I met. <laughs> I arrived a half a Dublin. I love my Italian guy. <laughs> I love your accents. They're all the same. It's the, same, it's the same one. Hey, I arrived a half a Dublin. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there you go. The, 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 the smelly, smelly people talk. Jesus Christ, it's not yeah. good. Not no. any, any, any smelly people that work with you now. At the moment you could name them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to. Can I go alphabetically? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just name them now and then they'll know. And then you won't have to have the conversation with them. How's work going, Mike? For anybody that's, that hasn't listened to the podcast before, Mike works at the... Uh, Mike built the Cliffs of Moher and now he tends to them every day. That's your job, I, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, I paint them. I yeah. paint the uh, puffins, the pictures of the puffins on the side of the cliffs so yeah. that we can say, oh, look, there's a puffin down there. Yeah, you do a great job. Thanks. Uh, yeah, no, work is going fine. Um, actually picking up now... Um, we're entering into a time when uh, hotels are going to be open. Um, and, we're, we're, you know, everybody's sort of in between times. People are kind of drinking, gathering in groups, drinking outside now at the moment. And there'll be a bit of structure on that next week when people are allowed to actually go to a pub and sit outside and whatever. So that'll all sort itself out. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and as a result of people being able to stay, we'll obviously get more visitors. So, yeah. If Saturday is anything to go by, it's going to be a busy, busy, busy summer. Which yeah. 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 But you're back into the swing of it, are you? Are you? Yeah, I wasn't until that day actually, because I was kind of wandering around like a zombie, uh, sort of going, "Well, there's no one to kind of feed off." Because you need a few punters. Just the, the people up there are great fun, but you, you're not necessarily with them all day, you know. Yeah. Like twenty people in twenty different places. Um. So you kind of need to have a chat with people and uh, you get a bit of a buzz off of tourists and telling people stuff and lying to them about things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> we all do lie. We all have our little specific lies about stuff that people tell each other. In fact, um, I know you listen to James O'Brien every once in a while. Mm. Um, and he has a thing that he did uh, about untruths and... Um, he came up with the theory or with a, with, with, with a story that the, um, the Earl of Dartford one day um, when um, archery was uh, cancelled, the archery practice for his people was cancelled due to wind and rain, took them inside and they started using very small arrows with their hands and throwing, it, throwing them at the board. So the Earl of Dartford came up with the game darts, right? And he said this just as a joke. And about it was probably eight months later, some guy was quoting it to him in a pub as fact. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but we always do that at work, sort of things, you know, like uh, that guy over there driving the buggy. Amazing, really, because he lost his license there a couple of weeks ago. And uh, 
<laughs> people have gone, oh, Jesus Christ, that's my children. Up top. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. And he was in, I mean, the judge, I mean, he threw the book at him, really. He shouldn't really be <laughs> He should be in jail, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's, it's, it's all been uh, fairly handy and uh, a lot better now there's people around. And uh, may I inquire as to how your various um, things are going? Because you're working and then you're on the markets. Uh, be EastEnders, daddy old apples and pears. Oh, I need to get one of those um, one of those pouches. You know, the things that you wrap around your waist and you've got your change in the front front pockets. You know, there's like oh. an, an apron, I suppose. But yes. it's got just for change, just for cash. Um. I know I don't really need one of those because I don't make a lot of money, Mike. Uh, I'm, but I'm telling myself, you see, this this market, there's there's there was a market Saturday, market Sunday, and they're part of there's a festival here in Newbridge called June Fest, and it's it goes across the month of June, and there's stuff happens down the park. There's uh, the uh, there's there's a group of people called the Yarn Bombers, and they basically yarn bomb the park, so all the trees oh, are yeah. co- covered in knitting, and there's there's all sorts of uh, crazy shit happens down there. It's like it's like a big woolly monster vomited on the park, um, but it's cool. And then so the, the the market then is kind of part of June Fest, and we're there's an area that's been neglected in Newbridge, and we've got our our, our market there, and it's a farmers market, and there's a guy who sells milk, and there's a guy who sells eggs, and there's there's bread, and you can buy buns, and you can buy, and then I have my cards that I make, my hand drawn cards, and uh, yeah, you might sell, you know. Not very many cards, but like, but also I'm like, well, we're here, we're, do, you know, we're brightening up the area and uh, we're doing our bit. So it's kind of like, it's not really, um, I'm not going to be retiring soon. No, but it takes a while, you see. Have you done much sort of PR on it? Have you, have you been all over the internet and stuff? No, not really, no. I mean, I, I, I've done a little bit on Instagram, but I haven't really told that many people about it. Like I definitely, there was definitely a couple of people that came up to me and bought a card because they knew who I was or knew what cards I had. And they came mm. up to, to buy a specific card for, like, because I have these Father's Day cards that say, ooh, ah, up the da. And uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> so they, they come looking for those cards specifically yeah. but uh and then um yeah but it's but actually you know what it is it's like it's the crack and the bants between the people who own the other stalls um because you just kind of wander around and someone the person beside you will keep an eye on your stall and you wander off to talk to someone else maybe buy a bun and then chat to the lad who sells the eggs maybe buy a half dozen eggs and then uh you know just it's just having the crack and chatting to people and uh, yeah, it was kind of pleasant. Yeah, but... and you get to know people kind of grow into markets, you know, and somebody will have a great week one week and you're sitting there going, fucking bastards, he's out of buns. And I've still got 120. And the next week you might sell all your cards and he's not sold one bun. Mm. Depends on the people who turn up. And it's one of these things, it's got to be word of mouth. Um, I say marketing on the internet. It's only marketing on the internet really when you... Uh, when you get going and get your kind of patter down and stuff and you've only done what two or three now. So you're only early days and it's oh, nerve yeah. wracking. Oh yeah. Nerve-wracking. Yeah. Like there was a guy who came over to buy, he bought, he bought something and it was a tenner. He bought two cards or something. I was like, I was like I've no change. I've no, I'd no float. I'd no, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, that's something I need to sort out for the next day. I was basically sending them off. I was telling him, I was like, I'll just take them. Come back to me the next day. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like I need to work on my money making side of the market yes. yeah 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 you need to get your shit together yeah, yeah exactly yeah but uh, no I mean like I was able to just sit at my sit at my little table and draw and make up make cards as I went along and uh, yeah, it was cool it was, it was, it was an experience um, and it's you know it's, uh, it gets me out of the house <laughs> as if that's what your wife wants she doesn't want me out of the house. No, she wants you in the house. Because now you're doing a full-time job, which you're effectively not there all day. But yeah. You are there all day, and then you fuck off at weekends. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much Downton Abbey she can watch. I'm gone again, just like that. <laughs> I had a year and a half of finding myself. Yeah. Therapy, meditation vulnerability and then like all right see you later guys i'm back to fucking the rat race well i think what you found out is that you don't like your family (laughs) (laughs) and you're okay with that because you're vulnerable i'm vulnerable i'm happy to admit it 
I did. I did like your one, Jen. Um, Jen, yeah. Talking about, uh, I liked her etymology when people you like look into a word. Mm. She was talking about vulnerable being uh, or vulnerability, and the etymology of it is a wound. Yeah. And it's like you're being opened up. I mean, initially, when when she said that, it, you know, I thought, oh, it's a cut, and you're open to infection, and that's really vulnerability, isn't it? It's like you know, you've been somebody has done something, you, you kind of like, you're open and you're like, you know, you're in a sword fight and you've dropped your sword and it's like, shit. Yeah, I thought she was, uh, I thought she was very good, actually. Yeah, yeah, she's very good. She speaks very well uh, on the subject. And uh, we're actually talking, we're talking, I'm trying to, the reason I've, I know her quite well is because we've talked a lot about trying to put a book together mm. um, because she's quite good at, obviously she has all the knowledge and then I would, it's kind of like, I'd try and tell my story and she would sort of back it up with fact, you know, so we're, we're in conversation because I think that the whole the whole idea of vulnerability, as I, as you know from the chat, for me it just uh, it was the the way I describe it in a wanky way is uh, it was the key that opened up the all the it was the key to the, I can't even remember what I said, but it is the key to all the other things like meditation and mindfulness and and th- therapy and all that it was like it was just learning about vulnerability. But um, she You're sent me opening yourself up. Literally, she said uh, she sent me this uh, chapter, a page from a book as well that she was reading. You have to be strong enough to be weak. Wow. Yeah. If you are a strong-willed and accomplished person, you may often give the impression that you are invulnerable to feeling inadequate or insecure or hurt. This can be very isolating and ultimately cause you and others great pain. Uh, yeah, because. If you're going around saying everything's fine, everything's great, everything's whatever, and then but you have to keep up that pretense, and then you start feeling like I'm on my fucking own here, doing I have to do everything. You ever hear these these lads? I can fucking do everything around here. Nobody tells me nothing. Nobody fuck, you know. And that's because people have this perception of you being grand and not wanting to know what's going on and not wanting to share anything and not caring what's going on, and then you just end up feeling isolated and uh, ultimately, uh, ultimately resenting everybody around you. Um, but it's all coming from yourself. It's mad. Yeah, and uh, my my takeaway line from her this week, there's always a takeaway line, I think, was uh, vulnerability is something we all have in common. Yes. Uh, she's, she's bang on the money there. But, totally. Uh, not me, though. I'm okay. No, you're fine. I'm grand. <laughs> I'm grand. <laughs> speaking of, actually, speaking of being grand, yeah. uh, speaking of all sorts of stuff, I, I this week I was driving up and down to work, and... Um, I realized I had my iPod, my old iPod in the car. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll just stick that in and see what happens. Yeah. And um, I started listening to music. And um, before that, I had listened to a one of a fantastic episode of Desert Island Discs with. Um... Oh, good man. Sorry. Um, Finn is just back from the river. He's been swimming. Woo. Who slapped you in the back? Jack. That's a very bad hand mark on your back. I slapped him as well. Did you? I let him slap me. Okay. Will you take Charlie? Because he'll only buy. Come on, Charlie. You can come back later. Good boy. Go on. Bye, Charlie. Thanks, buddy. He he got a slap on the back from Jack. Yeah, he, they were down at the river swimming, so obviously he slapped him on his bare back with his open hand. So now he's got a he's got a hand mark on his back, a red hand mark on his back. Hell, the red hand of Ulster. Anyway. Hey. Yeah. Uh, go on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I was listening to um, oh Desert Island Discs, um, George McGavin, um, and here's my big, my second big word of the day. He's an entomologist, not an etymologist. He's a uh, he studies insects and invertebrates, anything without a skeleton, pretty much. Um, and he's a Scottish fella, and he talked about his personal life with his father and whatever and the issues he'd had with him and jesus christ it was awful and he was just kind of giggling about it you know so he did this and he did that and it's so awful that it's left this kind of mark on his 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 life you know that to this day still sits with him it's really 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 sad he's a very interesting man and I just wasn't expecting him to go off on a, a sort of personal journey with the one. Uh, I hate using the word Germany, but, but anyway. Um, but yes, it was it was stunning, and um, he pretty much he talks about you know not ever speaking to his 
in the middle of a conversation with his parents one day, his father picked up the took the phone off his mother and sort of started talking to him and uh, kind of started giving out to him. And he's in mid forties at this stage. And he's just went, you know what? Fuck this. And just put down the phone. And that was it. Never again did he sort of speak to his parents because of the bad blood that was between them. And um, he kind of made the point that, you know, just because someone's your dad or your brother or your whatever, they, they can be assholes. You know, yeah. you all know people who are assholes. And uh, then I decided, right, I'll get my iPod out because that was a bit kind of heavy. Mm. I started listening to music and I, I and Raglan Road came on, you know, um, Luke got, Kelly, Luke Kelly, Raglan Road. And we have a little bit of history. My father's father would have known Patrick Kavanagh very well um, and drank with him. That'll tell you what my grandfather was like. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. My father's father. This yeah. Is. And um, Raglan Road came on and it's really emotional. And I was thinking, oh, Christ, my my dad, who's, what, 85 now, you know, I was thinking. And then you get to this, you think, Jesus, that song, he likes that song. It's a, you know, it's a really sad song. And I got to thinking, actually, my dad wasn't, isn't an asshole. He's a very nice fella, um, you know, but I know people in his life have been assholes and stuff and it's just I, I don't know I just made this kind of connect between me and this guy George McGavin listening to music talking about who has sort of influenced their lives well and badly and positively and negatively and uh, yeah just um, I just went off on a tangent and I felt very very emotional at the end of it I'm sitting at the fucking car park at work thinking Jesus you know this is big yeah my dad's not an asshole and, and then I thought to myself, geez, I need to ring him up and tell him that. But of course, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it, it, I mean, that's such a wonderful thing that you're just going, actually, you know what? My dad isn't an arsehole. And yeah, that's a great thing. And I'm, I'm very lucky. And, uh, and I'm sure, I presume that your dad has his own experiences that might be different to yours. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up with, a, you know, a father who was a bit of a woo <laughs> Well, if you liked hanging around with Patrick Kavanagh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he uh, he was, yeah, he was a good time boy um, who blew a load of money. They were very wealthy and then he just, <clears throat> he pissed it up against the wall. So, you know, that happens and that leaves a lot of damage collateral behind it, you know. Isn't it amazing how your father managed to not pass on the trauma, though? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, very much so. Mm which is very commendable. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose you could have gone the same way and been a complete, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I asked, but then again, you know, alcoholism is, is, is a, it's a disease. He can go out of his way to get drunk every day and spend all the money and be an ass. But I do. Um, yeah. That's the other thing. It's, it's, it's a disease um, which you kind of have to have sympathy for people. I do. I mean, that's a great point that he made. Like, it's interesting that at the age of 40, whatever, he just hung up the phone. That was it. Said, look, I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. Um, because a lot of people do. They just they just go along. They feel like, well, they're my parents. I have to, you know, yeah. uh, I have to I have to do the right thing. And the truth of it is, you don't. Um, no. And he's he, he was having this conversation with his parents. He's like, how are you? Ring him every week. Check in. Uh, he'd always done this. How are you doing? Any news? Any news from my brothers? Any uh, something that I would do with my parents, or yeah. had to do with her parents? And um, and she's all of a sudden, his father came on, started talking about stuff that happened years ago. Um, and he's going, oh, Jesus, I've got a doctorate from Oxford. I'm the head of the Natural History Museum, you know. And he's saying, I need to get my shit together. It's like, fuck off. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Really, really odd, sort of, uh, yeah, but a brilliant, a, br a brilliant, uh, I must listen to that. I really, I really, uh, I really, because he mentioned it to me before, didn't you? A couple of, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Mentioned. Um, I'd love to listen to that, and I do think, uh, I do think he, um, he did the right thing, you know. It's there's a lot of people living, and that's that's kind of tied into the vulnerability thing of that idea of allowing you see, the problem is. And I speak a little bit from experience here. We don't want to admit that we don't have that relationship that we wish we had with our parents. Yep. We don't want to admit that they're not the people that we'd like them to be. So we keep, we keep on pretending or playing a game, which is living in a fake 
reality. So there's the reality of the situation, which is, you know, you don't you you don't have a relationship with your parents, not a proper one, and it's mm. you know, but, but you're pretending you kind of do, which is actually more you know takes more energy, saps you of energy, doesn't do you any favors, doesn't feed you, doesn't feed your soul. It takes from your soul, like it's all it's it's bad. It's a it's a it's like a, it's like an abusive relationship. It's like you know, it's like yeah. living with a husband or a wife who like just isn't is a shit and is not nice to you, but you have to keep up the charade. And you do because, well, we got married and I'm stuck like this for the rest of my life. It's all that kind of stuff. And it's not good for your head. It's not good for your, for your soul. No. And it, 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 but it's, but it's hard to, to, to kind of go, do you know what? We just don't have that relationship. And then you kind of have to mourn the fact that you, you're mourning. Then you mourn the relationship you kind of thought you had for a while. And then once you get over that, you go, just, it's just not that's just not the way it ever was and sure it's grand and th- and then you're then you're kind of free you know it's a it's a little process you know but it's interesting you 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 know you can meet a man or a woman or whatever and get married and have children and have the most sort of you know fantastic relationship and then it goes to shit and then you can get divorced and you never have to speak to each other yeah you can't really divorce your parents you know you can, but I, I don't know if you can physically, actually, legally do it. But I mean, it, it, we we so these are fake relationships, really. You you don't have to like your parents. You don't have to like people because other people say you like you should like them. You don't have to like great uncle Dan because he's so funny and everything. You just don't like him. If you don't like him, you don't like him. But we we have to we we build these things. Of, oh, he's great crack and he's great fun, but. Really, there's a lot of poisonous sort of familial relationships, you know, and we've all worked with assholes and we all know that they've gone on to be fathers and mothers. And you think, Jesus, they're assholes. Yeah. The amount of times you kind of think, God, geez, I pity his wife or I pity yeah. their children. Yeah. And then they all, you know, meet up for Christmas and pretend to like each other. Yeah. I, and I think the other thing is, like, you can't have a relationship with your parents. Mm. But it doesn't have to be the fairy tale relationship. You, you can just be like, if you need that, give me a shout. But we're yeah. not, we're not friends, you know. Well, that's cool. And I'm not. And once you realize that's not what you're, what you have, or that's not what it is, and you just go, look, let's just have a thing where if you need that, I'll be around. But like, you know, you know, once you get over the fact that it's not the fairy tale, you know, parent-child relationship that you thought it was or pretended it was for a long time, you see other people and you see how they are with their you know with parents or like i would know how i would like my children to think of me or the kind of relationship i'd like to have with them and uh yeah it's it's kind of sad if you don't have that yourself but you can still change it because you can be a better person you know jesus this has gone very deep got very deep there very quickly mike very deep very yeah deep. we should have, you know we should have an alert a deep end alert <laughs> <laughs> We need Jen. We get Jen on the on the on the on the Zoom there to straighten us out. Oh Jesus! No, no, no! I had enough of Jen today. Now talking about vulnerability, <laughs> I felt very vulnerable. Out. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> I felt like I had a weeping wound in my ass from Jen. <laughs> weeping wound in your arse. <laughs> yeah. So, what else have you been up to? Um, the other work, the real work. What's 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 going on? We have a month into my into my new job now. Jesus. Uh, and uh, I think they're starting to, I think they're sick of my shit, Mike, you know. I, I wouldn't blame them. You actually <laughs> turn up for meetings. <laughs> I, I, I actually do. It's funny when you're, uh, when you're working and your meetings are like on Zoom calls, and, but you're just sitting at a desk in your gaff and then you can still be late. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, Wait, I, no, 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 no. You, you can still be late. <laughs> Most normal people would think, oh, this is great. I don't have to drive into town and do this and do that. The other, I just sit here and it's really easy. It comes to me. I don't have to actually move off my ass. But no, you're out probably painting fucking walls or something and doing all manner of shit. Like, you know, oh, I'll paint the sky today. Yeah, there's not enough in my life to do. But I think, um, no, what happens is I'm like, I look at, I've, st- I've, other, I've other work to do. So you're working on several different things, you know? And then when you get a half an hour between a meeting, you're like, okay, I'll work on this. And then I could be like totally engrossed in doing that work and i look up at my computer I'm like oh shit i'm five minutes late for the next for the next meeting it's just whereas if you're in a building someone would you know sh- you know shout down the root hall and say we're 
Keith, you're supposed to be in this meeting now. But I can't actually imagine how they got any meetings done because like a, a lot of the type of work I do, it's, you know, you're meeting clients, you're chatting through things, but that would involve like getting across town for a 10 o'clock meeting, then getting back to the office, getting a bit of work done. Then you've got an afternoon meeting. And I was like, how many fucking, how much, yeah. work, how much work would you actually get done? Yeah. Because all this travel time and whatever, it's just a waste. Yeah. I met him. Um, I met a politician there uh, at the market. She's a local politician. She was coming down just to see how things were and and um, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, she's quite nice. And I was saying how's things. And she was like fucking mental because now I I used to have like time in the car between meetings. So like it might t- you might be stuck in traffic or you know you'd be late for a meeting. Like you'd be fifteen or twenty minutes late because of the traffic or whatever. And that you know mm. just the way it was. She said, for us now, as soon as I get off one meeting, I have another meeting to start straight away and I can't fucking move from my desk. And she just says, it's just absolute madness. <laughs> She's like, it's not like we're getting any more work done or it's not like we're doing any better. It's just madder. Yeah, yeah. People are under a lot of pressure. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what the, 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 the sort of the equilibrium point is. Well, Office, home, or just think... doing nothing, actually. I had thought the other day because um, everybody's talking about how... Um, don't get me started on the youth at the moment. They're bugging the shit out of me. Go oh, on. man. Don't, we shouldn't have that conversation because we'll, be, we'll, we'll disagree. Uh, we will disagree. Yeah, that's a, the other thing, actually. I came across this, you know, this, this um, Holohan, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other day about um, people in... P- people in, in the city, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the government had told people to go outside. So they went outside, but there's no need to stand up on top of each other in thousands. I think, I think, you know, that's not. A they great... lost the run of themselves. They did lose the run of themselves. But, you know, if, if there was a cholera or an Ebola breakout, something that would see parts of them sort of, you know, rotting, they wouldn't be doing that. Um, I, I think there's still a little bit of a. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm quite offended by the youth of today. Actually, they just fucking whinge a lot. But that's just me being a middle-aged man, uh, and I realise that. But the thing about it is, Mike, we, we are in, we are very privileged, right? So I live in a house in a housing estate. It's a semi-D. It's modest enough, but it's mine. I've got a garden at the back. I've got a little driver at the front. I've got a nice green area at the front that the kids can play in. And I've got the cur then when I walk down the street, right? The, the problem is for a lot of young people, young 20s, you know, late 20s, they can't get a gaff. They're living in the city. They have to live in the city because that's where the jobs are. The government tell them to go outside, but then they're not allowed in the parks. People were being turned away from parks. People who booked into, people were being turned away from the beaches, like big, long, massive, you know, fit the whole country on the beach. Beach were being turned away because they hadn't organised any parking for the cars. So they didn't have the facility for people to drive, to go to the beach, to spend the summer outdoors like they were told to. So everybody gathered outside in the city, but there was nobody to either corral them or pick up litter or it was just like... No, there's no no services, but the, they shouldn't have said that. They the, the government should have just said, right, okay, the pubs are opening in a couple of weeks' time. Till then, stay indoors. So there was mixed message, very bad message. Yeah, I agree. But but from Holohan's point of view and our generation's point of view and the generation above us, um, people have you know, Tony Holohan's wife died. Yeah. He had limited people at his fun- at his wife's funeral. Yeah. While he's trying to manage a pandemic. And he says, then, listen, it's a bit ridiculous that all these people are out together and they're all smoking and drinking and whatever and having a good time. You know, I don't think he was anti them having a good time, but it was just like, for fuck's sake, let's. He just said, if we, we're, like, if we, if we carry on like this, basically, we're going in, we're heading for another lockdown. There you go. Lockdown. That's what I don't want. And, and you know, to use a sporting analogy, of which I really have no... I no idea what I'm talking about, but it's the FA Cup final. You're three, three nil ahead, 10 minutes to go. And you think, you know what? Send the goalie off. That That's what we're doing. We are so close to the end now to everybody being vaccinated and having a, you know, and, and having a scope at, uh, at a real sort of meaningful life in, in over the next six or seven months. They were just, they lost the run themselves in the, in the sunshine. And, and and they're whinging and bleeding, and some fella was on talking about me mental health. You know, 
I, I, sure, I went out and I, you know, I had five or six points with the lads. If I didn't do that now, it'd be very bad for me mental health. I was thinking, don't use that. Don't, you know, don't that that's denigrating mental health. You know, five or six points. <laughs> Fuck. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah, but Mike, if you were young, like we're we're, you know, in our forties, we're we're okay. Like we have a gaff, we have a garden at the back. We, I don't think I'd have been following the rules if I was that age. And like I think, what I think if people forget that they were young ones, and that when you're young, you're, it's your job to break the rules. They do, but we're we're effectively in a wartime. So you know, people. I know people during the Second World War and the First World War, or down tube stations and at the back of houses, all having sort of rudy times and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. and and that happened, but the. This, I think this generation just need to have a little bit of, I don't know, gumption about that. They just need to, I don't know, that the word I want to use is not right. Um, I, 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 Stop just, being wankers. Yeah. And then fucking cribbing about houses. Jesus sake. Anyway, they, they go on and on and on. Anyway, during the week, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sell my house because apparently there's not a house in the country to be sold. And you can make shitloads of money. So I'm going to sell the house and move. To- <laughs> Where are you going to move to? Portugal. Yeah, I wouldn't mind moving to Portugal. Actually, they've got a good infrastructure there. You can you can afford a house, and you can you can have a job in the city and live in the city at the same time. You're not there being you driven go. out by. And who's buying all the houses? The vulture funds. Come on, Mike. These guys are up against it. These are our kids. These are our young people. Let them buy a house. Let them enjoy the city. Give them the facilities. They're like. Dublin no, City. They, Dublin... They've also, they've also got to take a bit of personal responsibility. Why? You know, they they do not need like a grand's worth of a phone in their pocket. And then on the other hand, I can't save for a fucking uh, <laughs> deposit on a house. It's like there's there's ten percent of your deposit in your in your pocket. You know, if you if you didn't, you don't you don't need an Apple iPhone whatever, super duper duper duper, and you don't need to go to pennies four times a week. And you don't need all these consumables. They're kind of carried away. And you don't need to go to Australia for two weeks. They just need to knuckle down and save. <laughs> sound like a fucking Victorian. <laughs> what have you become, Mike? Jesus. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. And they should be whipped. <laughs> yeah. Whipped, whipped soundly every night before they go to bed. I know oh. it's, it's only a small proportion, but it's the it's the ones that they get on the radio, which are great for sound bites. Um, you know that the sort of you know it's, it's me sure I got caught there and me dad had to pay hundred and fifty fine because it was at a house party. How many of you at the house party? There was seventy six. <laughs> I love that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> but you do, but yeah, and I have to say, like, there's lots of hardworking couples with kids that are renting and can't get a gaff, and they're not. They're not outspending their money. They're not, you know, no. they're, they're trying to save the money. Like, so there is the other side of it. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, just for the, for the Dublin city council, put out some benches, put out some bins. If there's people gathering, you know, it should have teams of people to clean up after them. You know, it's, yeah. why not? Why not? Why? Yeah, they're, not, they're not doing much else at the minute. Yeah. Why not? Like get a, get some, I was saying to somebody, just get some, uh, you have these event organizers. There's no events going on. They they could you know arrange something. You know they could have. I don't know. They could turn the city into a. What if the city was a festival and you just had. You well, know. treat it. Treat Dublin for the next couple of weeks over the bank holiday weekend or whatever like a big electric picnic. Exactly. You know, exactly. But organize it. Yeah, organize it. But also enforce. Because these people need to learn that you know you just <laughs> these people. <laughs> but they need to know that you can't just fucking thirty of you just can't be standing right sort of smack bang next to each other. You just want people going around, not really enforcing, but sort of just educating. yeah. You just need a bit of like set. Yeah, you, know, you just need somebody there going. Look, there's too many people down that street. You can go up there. Or you can go there. Or you can go somewhere else. Whatever. Just a little bit of just a bit of crowd control. That's yeah, maybe black ops helicopters with machine guns. <laughs> A bit of kettling, a bit of light kettling. <laughs> yeah, tear gas. I mean, you know, it's just going to make you cry for a little while. That's all. It'll sting a little bit, but it's better than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
they need, to put, they need to put us in charge, Mike. Listen, I better go, or um, okay, or you know, or something. I've, I've, I still have work to do. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I had so many things to talk about, and I haven't fucking talked about anything. But that's okay. Do you have a list of things? No, 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 no. You just had no, things in your head. No, I, I had a list of things in my head, but I, I instantly forget them the second uh, we start talking to each other. I'm the same. I'm the same. That's good. Keep it for next week. Uh, same time next week. Yeah, same same time, same bat channel. Are you uh, working next weekend? Yeah, but I should be okay to do it. Are you working next weekend? Um, Sunday. I think I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I have the clue. Let's figure it out. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, uh, you should do your outro now. Save you doing another thing. Oh yeah. Listen, it's time for us to go. Thanks very much, Mike. Uh, you've been listening to the Keith Walsh podcast. And uh, you can email the podcast if you like. It's keithwatchpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much to ACAST. Thanks for listening. And of course, if you do like the podcast, please like and subscribe and tell your friends about it. How is that, Mike? That was absolutely perfect. And uh, if you could uh, email Keith Walsh about how to organize gun torrents to sort of sit sort of deal with their dodgy teenagers, that'd be great. Just a bit of light kettling of, of an evening. <laughs> do you remember the kettling? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, oh. get some water cannon. A bit of water. That's it. A good a water cannon and some kettling. And there's another thing. Why aren't they water cannons? I don't know. Yeah. What's the collective noun for a water cannon? Is it not water cannons? I think so. Hmm. They always say water cannon. Water cannon. Oh, what? Like there was water cannon. Yeah. yeah. It's a good point. I look it up. Right. Tell you next week. We got to go. Good luck. See you, Mike. Thank you very much. Take care. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.